I want to carry on this morning on the theme of, where's Shay? I saw Shay here. Hello, Shay. Good to see you. He's with Je- oh, that's all right then. Um, I want to continue first to lay down and remind you of the platform we've been laying down about the fact that um, the Holy Spirit dwells in you, that you have living in you the very presence of God. And that is a very significant thing. But I don't yet we think that we yet fully understand the wonder of God living in us. And sometimes it's very easy to forget that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us. So, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Paul, understanding that the church needed to be reminded about this, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit dwells in you? Corinthian church uh, needed to be reminded of the fact that God wasn't in the distance, God wasn't a long way away, or God wasn't even beside them, but in fact God dwelt in them. And because he dwelt in them, uh, they needed to be understand that where they went and what they did, God was with them. And, you know, we consider temples to be consecrated places or churches, you know, in that sense. And because God dwells in you, that makes you something like a consecrated person because of it. But that's not where I'm going. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through to 17 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if the children of God, then heirs of God, heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ. Indeed, if we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified with him. That's a big mouthful, eh? So the gist of it is this. He lives in you. Sometimes we need to be reminded that he lives in us. Uh, Interesting, Amy, your song choice. You know, uh, sometimes we need to be reminded about not only does he live in us, but who is he? He's the way maker. He's the miracle worker. And he dwells in you. If you're looking for a miracle, if you're looking for something uh, in order to give you a way, well, in fact, you have the way maker dwelling in you. You have the miracle worker living in you. You know, I'm just crying out for a miracle. Well, you know what? He's dwelling in you. Quite interesting, eh? The miracle worker dwells in you. The way maker dwells in you. And sometimes, again, I'm just saying, G'day, Shay. Now, I called out to you before, but it's good to see you now. I think I might grow my hair like you, mate. That'd be a miracle. (laughs) Hallelujah. So he dwells in us. And it says this also of the Holy Holy Spirit. I've got a few. I had some work done on my mouth. And I'm going a little bit like that here and there because... It's really funny because, so if I spit and make more slurping noises, it's because there's something going on in here. Can you hear that? Did you pick that up at all or is it just me? Okay. Shouldn't let you in on my personal stuff, should I? For as many that are led uh, by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. So the Holy Spirit dwells in you and his job it is, or part of his mandate is to lead you. That's why we call him the Waymaker. 
He's meant to lead you through life. He's meant to lead you through whatever comes your way, that he dwells in you. He uh, tells us all that Jesus has said, and he leads our lives. So if you are a Christian, you're not actually alone. If you are a Christian, uh, you, don't necessarily, you don't need to be confused that, in fact, uh, God wants to lead you on this journey because he dwells in you. And he wants to lead you to a thing described as living as a son or a daughter of God. You, when you become a Christian and because the Holy Spirit dwells in you, he wants to lead you with the office, the calling, and the privilege of someone described as a son or a daughter of God. Now, you may have, you know, come from very a poor background or whatever, and, and you may be labeled because of where you come from, but my friend, you have a different label on you. That label is described as a son or a daughter of God. That is, in fact, being led by the Holy Spirit, if you're willing and have, to have the courage to be led by Him, to a thing called your inheritance. You're an heir of promises of God. So here's a question. How much is your life being led by the Holy Spirit? And also, how much are you living in that capacity as a son or a daughter of God? Now, uh, we have kings and queens. Uh, you know, we have the Queen of England. We have a royal family. And I haven't seen many of them crawling around like they're some weak, overpowered something. They walk around quite arrogantly, in fact, royal people. In fact, quite arrogant, arrogant, arrogantly and proud to the point that it's a little bit disgusting sometimes. Not an anti-royal, but I'm just saying, you know. But they walk with privilege because they are carrying a heritage and a label on their lives. And you, my friend, as a Christian, are not meant to be walking around as someone, you know, overcome, overwhelmed, but as someone walking with the touch of God on your life. But are you? How much are you living in then? And this thing called the inheritance that God has for you. I mean, um, said he gave a testimony about the change in his life. And I know City and those of us who know him well know where he's come from and where God has taken him in Courtney. Uh, you're not the label your family called you when you were a child, are you, City? You are labeled with a higher calling and a purpose, and therefore you have been enjoying the inheritance that God has for you. And I'm not just talking about finance. It can be part of it. You with me? Okay, so he leads us. He has a role in our lives. Are we engaging? Are we listening? Are we allowing him to lead or are we in control and he's just a passenger? I don't know. He knows. There's another role of the Holy Spirit that is incredibly important for you as a Christian. In fact, Jesus tells us of this particular role, and that's what, that's what I want to base my message on this morning. And he said this to the disciples, the men of destiny who were going to change the world, who he was giving the, the call and the, and the overwhelming, um, I don't know, role to ch touch the world. So he tells them this in John chapter 14, 26. But the helper, I'm not talking about that, we've talked about that before, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, yes, absolutely, but then this bit here. And bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said. So think about this. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. He's leading to your heritage, to your inheritance. And part of his role is to remind you of what? Of your failings, 
of your weaknesses, of what you can't do. No. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you to remind you of what Jesus has said to you or wants to say to you about your future to get you to your inheritance. You with me? Are you with me? Show you with me? Good. I won't pick on you too much more. I've entitled my message this morning, Least We Forget. Now, least we forget is a term that has been given by the RS, what do they call them, Return Servicemen's League, um, our government, uh, also in New Zealand, we have a thing called the RSA, uh, and their motto, their theme is, least we forget. Forget what? Well, first thing, to forget something that is very important. And the least we forget, I was at the RSL the other day, and they paused at six o'clock in, in the evening, and everybody stopped what they were doing, and they waited, because they were going to be reminded of something very important, that, so they wouldn't forget and that was this, that there were men and women in the service of these nations that had given their lives for the cause of our freedom. True? At least we forget. Because there are things that are important that you don't forget. And Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, least you forget some important things. And I think this morning he's wanting to remind some of us, about perhaps the things that we have forgotten. Hallelujah. John 14, 26. Tail end. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said. Did he say some of the things? All the things. See, all the things that Jesus says are in fact important. Not everything I say is important. A lot of the stuff is. Amen? Oh, no, 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 not, not so. But every word that has proceeded from the mouth of Jesus is incredibly important. And the Holy Spirit's job is to make sure we remember all that he said. You with me? Why? Because, my friends, the words of Jesus have eternal life in them. My friends, because the words of Jesus brings peace and storms. My friends, because the words of Jesus have miraculous supernatural power to transform our lives, to transform situations. And you know, it's interesting, Amy, again, you said, you know, is this just another day at church? Is this just another worship time? Is this just another sermon? where we just, you know, uh, church is important because of what it's about. You are here today to be reminded about who he is. You are given the opportunity through worship to speak out to the heavenlies through song who he is. Are you with me? Again, are you with me? So what have you forgotten? Well, I don't know because I've forgotten. I mean, how can I remember if I've forgotten? <laughs> it's true kind of thing, you know. Uh, I'm getting older. And I feel and find that I can go to the shop 
and forget what I went to the shop for. I can find that when uh, I'm upstairs or I'm upstairs in the church office and I think, oh, yeah, I've got to go down and do that. And I go down to the church and then I forgot why I came down the stairs. Uh, the other day, in fact, three times I came down, then I got distracted and, and stuff. And then I went back up and I thought, oh, God, I forgot. And then I went down again. And then I forgot again because I got distracted again. And mate, I was getting tired going up and down the stairs. But I forgot. Am I alone in forgetting? You know, we can forget names of people. You ever done that when you're with someone and you're like, you know, I just can't remember their name. And you engage in the conversation trying to cover that you forgot their name. We do, eh? What do you forget? Brock, what do you forget? Not much. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Women don't forget a lot. And they can be quite gifted in reminding us. You know, I'm a male and sometimes Becca said, said something and you know, it's going to happen. And, and I'm going, what? When? I never knew that. I told you on Thursday and I have no memory of what she said. Probably because why? I was distracted by something else and I just zoned that voice out. And I've said it before. Andrew has gone red faced. Rachel is looking at him. So, so my clever wife, I've told you before, she goes like this, Keith, and changes the tone of her voice, and I, she gets my attention. But here's the thing. What are you zoning out with the voice of God? Are you zoning out the voice of God when he's trying to remind you of a promise or a truth that he wants to give you right now through whatever life is dishing out to you? Hallelujah. What prophetic word was spoken to you maybe even years ago that he wants to fulfill that you've forgotten because life just goes on. Hallelujah. You with me? We need to be people who understand that we need the Holy Spirit and we need to be actively engaging with the Holy Spirit to remind us of truth to remind us of things he's spoken to us, to remind us who we are. You are not just a person of mediocrity and ordinary whatever. Friend, you are a son and a daughter of God with a destiny that has been designed in you. You are made for that destiny. I mean, that's something good to be reminded about. Bruce, true. Hallelujah. To remember, to put in your mind, to be reminded, to call to mind, to call to your attention. So the Holy Spirit is at work to put something in your mind that's fallen out of it or you've lost it or it's been overlaid with other things. The Holy Spirit is there to remind you not of your failures. He's there to say, hey, you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Hey, you have a destiny. Hey, the Holy Spirit dwells in you with power. Hallelujah. I mean, those are good things to be reminded of. To forget is the opposite. To lose out of your mind. In fact, in the New Testament, when they use the word forget, it implies to lose out of your mind because of a thing called neglect. And neglect is to treat something that is important as if it's not. Which asks the question, 
how important has been your time in the Word of God. How important has been your time sitting and just engaging with Him? Or maybe it's not important and maybe you're actually actively participating and neglecting. And that's why you're forgetting. That's interesting. Hallelujah. Maybe even zoning out. Do you know the Holy Spirit can use people to remind you? I'm married. Thank you, Jesus. I've found a good thing. I have people in my life who the Holy Spirit has used many, many times to remind me of things that are important, to remind me of what God is saying. And see, people who do not think they need to be part of a group or a church or be in relationship and community, friend, you are crazy because you're going to forget some stuff and you need to be around people who love you I want to remind you. Part of my job is just reminding us. Hallelujah. Part of your job is remind me sometimes. You with me? Paul. Think of this. James chapter 1, 23 to 24. Anyone who listens to the word of God but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, verse 24, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets who he is. I think some of my kids have got that because I always tend to look in the mirror and then, you know, they walk around and then they look in the reflection in other places to see how good looking they are. I don't know, tease me. Think about it. Amen. This is like someone, right, who is not a doer. So a not doer is someone who actually forgets who he is. What differentiates so many Christians, my friends, is they forget. They are like a man who looks in a mirror. It's like someone who sees through the word of God who they are and they have an image positive. And then they walk away and they just forget. Why do they forget? Because other things are more important. Because other things distract. You with me? A doer is someone who is just not theoretically a Christian. A doer is someone who has been reminded at times, I'm sure, of whatever their call is, whatever their destiny is, so they can stay on task. Hallelujah. Who are you? Who actually are you? Who are you? Friend, you are who God calls you. Friend, you are what the word tells who you are. Friend, you are not what other people tell you in that sense of naturally. You with me? Because who you think you are will outwork in what your life is. As a man thinks, so he will become. You with me? And see, this mirror thing is kind of interesting. Because, man, I forget who I am. You know, the God aspect, so easily. So easily. Do you? Can I have an amen? Are you with me? I love this. 
says this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Paul, remember I said people can be used by the Holy Spirit. Paul had, to, had been burdened to write this by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> For this reason, I remind you. Why did he have to remind him? Well, mate, because he'd forgotten or was distracted. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. Think about this. He's saying in our modern language to Timothy, Timothy, you are gifted, my friend. You are not normal. You carry on board incredible gifts that actually came upon you as the laying on of hands. And the Holy Spirit came on you and gave you gifts. You are gifted. You are gifted by God with supernatural talent and abilities. Man, you don't even look like you believe it. Do you believe it? You know, I I like to think of this. Man, I'm gifted, Darren. I've got a cool walk too, you know. I, I'm, I don't like preachers or people who take the Christian message to disempower people. Jesus never came to disempower, friend. He came to inspire us and let us know we are incredible because of him and because of who dwells in us. You with me? And friend, you are gifted. But do you actually know it and are you actually outworking those gifts? Gifted. Man, that Rachel, she's a gifted woman. Jackie, you are a gifted woman carrying the kingdom of heaven within you. I mean, that's, oh, does that make you feel good? So, mate, why would we not want the Holy Spirit to do things that, like that in our lives, Darren? To remind us of who we are. Enough negative rubbish coming out in the media and wherever. Jesus. Again, with the men in Luke twenty two nineteen, you don't have this verse probably. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given to you. Do this in, sorry, tell me please. Why did Jesus say to do this in remembrance of him? Because mate, it just seemed just the right thing to say at the time. And you know, it filled a gap. No, my friends, because the son of God, the king of kings, the man who was a the man God who was around at creation knew that we have a, a aspect where we need to be reminded. You must be. That's why the emblems in themselves are reminding us, because we need reminding. You with me? Okay. Now, you are a person of design. You did not just come together as a result of chemicals and this and this and this. You actually were engineered and designed. You are a person of design by the mind that created the universe. You are amazingly made, right? And you have been made with a brain. Although, I wonder sometimes, 
with some of the people I meet. But actually, no, you all have a brain. Is that good? Your brain has certain functions. And one of those things that you're fu- you're, the function of the brain, designed by the most masterful mind in the universe, is the ability to put information in your head. Right? So you have a brain designed to store information. But here's the thing. What information does your brain store? Hallelujah. Secondly, you have a brain designed to store information, but you also have a thing called memory recall or the capacity, the ability to grab hold of that information inside your brain, that you have the ability to recall the information. Hallelujah. You're a person of design. And I read this thing that kind of really encouraged me because Christianity is not opposite to science, in fact. Science actually reaffirms so much of creation and of God's involvement. Reading a book about that at the moment. But I won't go down there. Scientists or psychologists describe a thing called interfering memories. Interfering memories are things that interfere with memories. Right? Pretty plain. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is often people can forget because there is other information that comes and overrides the memory or the ability to recall and takes the place of that thing. Does that make sense? And see, life can cause you to gather information, in fact, the wrong information, and store it when you should actually get rid of it. And memories are part of that. And there are people who are carrying memories that, friend, you should flick. But more than likely, your brain has stored them in a way that you recall them and you should not. Does that make sense? Interfering memories. says this in Philippians chapter 3, <clears throat> verse 13 to 14. This is again, this crazy, amazing Apostle Paul. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. So this guy was pretty powerful, pretty amazing, but he hadn't got to the point where he goes, you know what, man, I am the man. He realized that, you know what, I'm here, but there's more to go, kind of thing. Then he gives a key. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. So think about it. Paul was forgetting some stuff. Paul was saying, man, I I forget some of that stuff that happened, some of the things that I did, because he was a murderer. See, when when we look at Paul, we don't understand, man, that his conscience had to deal with the fact that he had been a persecutor of the church and, in fact, had been complicit in murder of Christians. I mean, I I think to myself, as my brain would have engaged in, if I had been a murderer of Christians... 
how when I came to Christ, there would be a wrestle with the guilt of the past and the holding of the past because I was a murderer to moving ahead to the call of God. You with me? See, the Holy Spirit is about engaging you in your thinking and reminding you of the things that will be like press you towards the call. But you need to understand there are memories and thoughts that you've got to get rid of. Now, trauma and abuse are incredibly different, difficult things to deal with. And abuse, lay it over, or trauma, lay it over, is not what this is talking about. The Christian message is about dealing with memories, about hurts and pain and abuse where Jesus heals you. But there must come a moment when the past is the past and you move into the future. Am I getting with you anywhere? Am I? I believe it's the Holy Ghost this morning. He is like, man, come on. Come on, you are this, you are that, you are this. I've got this plan for you. I've got a destiny. But you are engaging in your mind with thoughts that are dragging you back and holding you into bondage and they are interfering with what God is trying to say to you. Hallelujah. The prize. My friends, there is a prize for Christians. The prize of the upward, not, it says, I press towards the upward prize of the calling of God. You see, bad memories do the opposite. They pull you backwards and hold you down under the weight of them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. That's why the Holy Spirit lives in us. That's why we have church. That's why you have people who pop their veins when they're preaching to you. Because it's God, man. Can I have an amen? Hmm. Funny, I was at a church last week, an aged congregation. And I was like, man, I was almost the youth there. Could have run the youth group. And, you know, um, lovely people, man. And they had all just done the journey in God. And, and just, just, it was just, man, there was a strong anointing. Pekka did the worship. And, um, but you know what? So many of them who had lived all this many years of life were struggling with the past Sad. Hallelujah, they've got a preacher to come and tell them otherwise. But, man, don't rob your life, friend. Don't rob your destiny. Don't let the devil win. Hallelujah. I'll do that again. That felt quite good. Hold on. Hallelujah. I don't know. One more scripture. One more. Isaiah 40. The Bible, see, here's the thing about the Bible. The Bible is all about remembering the right things, 
dealing with the past and getting rid of the hold of it. So there's a lot of scriptures either way. Right? Isaiah 43, 18 through to 19. See, this was a problem in the Old Testament as well. Isaiah, the prophet, had to tell Israel, forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. That word dwell basically means to live in the past, to abide. And this ain't talking physically. This is talking about your mind, their mind, dwelling, living, abiding, spending most of its time in the past that God is trying to tell them to forget. 19. See, the word see means to have perception and understanding, to see something of incredible relevance, instead of seeing trash and rubbish. See, I am doing a new thing. Friend, I want to tell you, God wants to do a new thing on the planet. God wants to do a new thing in your life. God wants to move you, move you further than what you could ever imagine. Hallelujah. Now it springs up. Do you not again perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Okay, so here's the thing. He's talking to a nation who are in a, in a bit of a mess. And they were held by the past. And Isaiah was given a prophetic message to say to these guys, dudes, stop living in that past. Forget it. Move on. Understand, I am going to do a new thing. God, can you see it? Do you not perceive it? Then he says this. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. See, I've got to tell you something about God. It's not like beam me up, Scotty. You're in trash land. I mean, he does miracles, don't get me wrong. But note, it says, I'm making a pathway for you to get out of this place called wasteland and wilderness and desert. See, the Holy Spirit leads you away from the things that hold you down and the wrong memories. And he leads you into new. He leads you into the stream of life. I mean, man, hallelujah. A wasteland, according to, I've been to the wilderness uh, in Israel. I've been to the wilderness that's between Israel and um, uh, Jordan. And friend, it is a wild, dry, barren place. And I don't know how people can survive in those places because it is dead. The word wild, uh, wasteland there means a place of barrenness, dryness, and unproductivity. Kind of interesting. So what am I saying to us as a church this morning? What am I saying to you as an individual? I'm saying, my, my friends, See, perceive, understand that God dwells in you and actively wants to lead you on a land to your inheritance 
on a land to the blessings, to the peace, to the hope. But your deal is you've got to let go and forget those things that hold you back. You with me? Hallelujah. Can we close our eyes? You know, Lord, it's not me that leads. It's you, Holy Spirit. It's not me that brings streams of life. It's you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, I speak over every life. I declare your plan to lead forward. And Lord, those that are trapped in wasteland, those that are trapped in their minds with thoughts, memories that need to go. I pray right now in the name above every name that there would be a breaking of the hold of the past. In Jesus' name. And Lord, that there would be a tuning in in our ears to your voice, Holy Spirit, who is going to lead us to all you have for our lives. I bind every work of the devil. Break it, expose it, loose it from lives. In Jesus' name, amen.